0: I'm John, I grew up in uh, Folkestone, Georgia.
1: I'm Tammy Eunice, and I was born and raised in Valdosta, and we got married in 1983.
0: James is our youngest of three. James has an older brother, John, uh, who lives in Washington, D.C., and older sister, Lindsay, who's uh, married and lives in Charlotte, Mm. and he uh, was born at full speed. Uh, And as he grew, particularly Mm. as a teenager, starting about 13, you can see a calling on his life for Christ.
1: He started 10th grade at Valdosta. He felt that more than anything, that he was there at that school to be a missionary. He would go and he would walk into the lunchroom at Valdosta High School and pan it, pan the lunchroom to see who was sitting alone, and he would go and sit with them, or he would invite them to sit at his table. He looked for broken people, and he invested in the people that were hurting and the people that needed a word of encouragement.
0: He said, "When it's my time to go." I want to go out making the biggest impact. I don't want to just fizzle out. I want to go out making the biggest impact I can. We visited back and forth between two different churches. I think one Sunday afternoon, uh, James, we went to lunch somewhere and came home and James basically said, I don't care. I don't know where you want to go to church, but I feel like I'm supposed to be at Cross Point. And that pretty much sealed the decision for us uh, because we didn't have to it, wasn't, it was never a struggle for James to get, to get James to go to church. Uh, he went to student life with the youth group, came back on fire. Evening of uh, January 14th, uh, that Friday night, James came over from school and all his friends had things to do. He was stuck at home with us, so we had a great evening with him. Uh, Saturday morning, the 15th, I got up and let the dog out, and uh, but he came in a little bit later to get some money to go uh, to buy shotgun shells and go hunting with uh, Drew Pipkin. And so I had gone to the gym that morning. Tammy had taken her mom across town to go shopping, and uh, a little before noon, we got the uh, the phone call that changed our lives.
1: I answered the phone, and and uh, Kim, you know, told me who she was, and and then she said very somberly she said you you need to come to ocean pond james is missing so we began as john re- refers to it as a 17 day odyssey but in that 17 days i have never seen the presence of god as strongly on any place as i, I did during those 17 days that james was missing as team after team came as cross point showed up. I mean, Pastor David and Linnell were in Kentucky, northern Kentucky, had just gotten there when they got the news that James was missing and they turned around and came back. I'll never forget that. And there was someone representing Cross Point over that 17 days, praying and doing worship, nights of worship at, um, at church. Those prayer services that were Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after James went missing were full. And and we learned later as we went through James's page, many, even in South Georgia, they were in church for the first time in their lives. Drawn to that church because of a young man who they knew, he knew who Jesus was.
0: We say we don't move on with this story, we say we move forward. And we continue to share it and we talk, and we say we, if we share a story we want to remember and honor James's legacy, but most importantly we want to honor God with the story and how we share it.
1: And it's, it's a story that we wish we didn't have to share. You know, we, we would, um, we're selfish that way, but God has given us great purpose through great loss, um, a, a loss that we would have never imagined would have been part of our story.
0: Um, High school counselor, middle school counselor really, from uh, the alternative school in Valdosta City Schools came up to us and talked to us and he said, I want to share with you. He said, the day James was found, he said, I went to the, uh, they called me up to go to the the freshman academy at Valdosta High School. And he said, as the young people lined up and student after student after student came in and shared with me what James had done in their lives, how he had texted them a word of encouragement, how he shared a Bible verse with them, how he prayed with them said, I left at the end of the day saying, how did I not know this kid? And we say, we share the story of an ordinary teenager who God has done extraordinary things through because of a life well-lived, because of a life sold out to Christ. And that's all, you know, a lot of that comes from being a part of that faith family that was where he was at Point. Uh, at
1: I don't know, I don't know how people process a loss as priceless as, as ours. If you don't have a faith family, if you don't have the Lord, to um, give you the strength to get through it, because you can't, you're not strong enough, and you're going to lean on something. I'm thankful that we chose, we made a decision to lean on the Lord and on His people.
2: Good morning again, and how many of you are thankful for Jesus this morning? Amen. Amen. Thankful for Jesus in your life, you know. Uh, I never get tired of hearing, uh, really, a testimony from John and Tammy as they share their story uh, of a son that they lost named James. And James was a, a big part of our church uh, during that time. And it's uh, it's a story that we share because I, I believe it's important for us never to forget those types of stories of how God moves in the life of a family, how God moves in the life of a. A faith family and how God even moves in the life of, of a community, and and uh, and that was certainly a, a story and a time in our life where God was moving in a huge way. The reason we were wanting to share that story this morning, uh, and we have shared the story before, but the reason we were wanting to share it this morning is because uh, one, it's very fitting for the message that we're about to to move into today. Uh, we we started a, a series a few weeks back called Welcome Home. And in this series, we've been looking at several different things. And one of those things that we are going to be looking at today is, is family. And this is a story of family. It's a story uh, of, of, of a faith family. But it's a story of also leaving a legacy. And, uh, and I think it's going to be something that uh, for years to come will be a story that we remember. Um, but most importantly, how God just moved in a, in a unique time of our life. Uh, I'm excited about the message today. I believe that today's message is one that, that we all need to hear. I, I believe it's one that we uh, you know, need to understand as uh, not only individual followers of Christ Jesus, but also as, as, uh, as a family unit. Maybe you're here today with your family, uh, but also as a faith family coming together. We're going to be talking about all of these things. Uh, so I want to pray for us this morning. We're going to dive into God's Word, and we're going to learn together. So... If you will, just uh, pray with me now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do thank you for uh, this time together. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. God, how you move in such remarkable ways in our lives as individuals. God, we as believers in Christ Jesus, we know because of the promises of your word that that you are with us wherever we go. And Father, we are encouraged and, and blessed by your presence in our life. And Lord... Uh, as families, we, Lord, we live out our life together. Uh, we live out our life together uh, seeking to bring glory to your name. And yet, Father, uh, we also recognize that life is hard. And so, Father, we are thankful that you are a, uh, the main thing in our life. God, we're thankful that you are a, a big deal in our life. And, Father, we're thankful that we can depend on you and trust in you and, and follow you. And, God, we're thankful that you are faithful. God, as we prepare to dive into your word this morning, I pray that you would stir our hearts. I pray that you would open our minds, that we would be receptive to the reading and the preaching of your word. And God, as we look into your word, I pray that you would just teach us in such a remarkable way, God, the things that we need to learn today concerning family. We love you and we praise you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do this morning, go ahead and turn to Psalm one twenty-seven, Psalm one twenty-seven. We're going to be looking at Psalm one twenty-seven today, and we are actually going to look at the whole thing. It's only five verses long, so it's not that long. But we're gonna we're gonna read this passage, and really the the message today is titled "Building a Family Together." Building a family together. Uh, you know, if you just take that that title of that message of this message uh, at face value, you would think that it has everything to do with us, but. What, what we're really trying to communicate in this message today is, is the togetherness part of the title, Building a Family Together, is building a family together with God. Uh, God being uh, central in our lives, God being central in our marriages, God being central in our family, and God being central in our faith family. And so that's sort of the gist of what we're going to be looking at today as we dive into this passage together, Psalm one twenty seven verses one through five, uh, building a family together. You know, every one of us in this room, every single one of us, is part of a family legacy. Every single one of us in this room are a part of of a family legacy. That as we look into our lives, we all have a past we can look back and we can see how family played a part in our life, both good and bad. Uh, we we have situations in our past that maybe we want to forget. Or maybe we even have family in our past that we want to forget. But we are all part of a family legacy. And, and what's important is what God's Word teaches us is that as we consider what family is, as we consider what family should mean to us, certainly what it means to God, but also what it should mean to us, we, we begin to recognize that God's Word teaches us about the present and the future as it concerns bringing God into our life and to allow God to be central in our life and to help us and to lead us and to guide us as we live out our lives together as family. Now, obviously, we use this term a lot faith family, and, and that would consist of all of us here today. Uh, this, this faith family that we, we call, you know, uh, that, we, that we share together with one another. But today we're also specifically talking about the biological family, those family members in our life that that we're a part of, that that family unit. God's Word has a lot to say about family. And so we want to dive into this, and I hope that you'll be encouraged by this uh, as we look into this. No matter if you're single, no matter if you're married, no matter if you have children or no children, the reality is we are living out and we are a part of a family legacy and so what that means to us what that means to us is that every single one of us in this room have an opportunity to have an influence uh, to the generations to come and so that's sort of what we're going to be talking about as we dive in to this text uh, before we before we read it let me just read this this quote by someone I, I'm not sure who it is that wrote it but I love what it says it says no culture has ever been able to provide a better shipyard for building stormproof vessels than the individual nourished in a loving family. This is so important for us to understand. I, I agree completely with this, but it's also important that we understand that all of this begins with God. It begins with God and what God wants to do in our life. And I think that this passage that we're looking at today is going to reveal some really the importance of the centrality of God in our family units in our family lives so let's take a look at the passage today read with me if you will psalm 127 verses 1 through 5 the psalmist he writes these words he says unless the lord builds the house those who build it labor in vain unless the lord watches over the city the watchman stays awake in vain It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate now as we look at building a strong family and that's what we want to be sort of thinking about today as we look at building a strong family and we look at this text we begin to realize that there are basically there are basically two key stages of the building of a family that exist here in our passage the first one being the establishment of the family the establishment of of the family and then the second one being the expansion of the family and so this is often referred to as the family psalm and that's what it's sort of centering in on and and so these two truths are found in this text the passage starts off with verse one and I think this is very important that we get this this is very interesting to me but it's also very uh, important that we understand the truth of what God's word is teaching us here starting with verse 1 it says this it says unless the lord builds the house unless the lord builds the house those who build it labor in vain unless the lord watches over the city the watchman stays awake in vain there's three words that are used here twice this little phrase that i think is very important for us to understand and it says this unless the lord now you you know you could take that phrase unless the lord and you could just put a blank there and you could fill it in with a lot of stuff couldn't you but the but the reality is in this text what what the Solomon is writing this truth that he's presenting to us is basically this unless the lord builds the house it is in vain in other words if we were to if we were to try to build our household if we were to try to build a strong family if we were to to try to on our own accomplish the things that God himself created and instituted that is family if we were to try to do those things on our own it would all be in vain in other words it would be ineffective it would be useless it would be worthless And so the truth of God's word presents to us something very important as we kick off this psalm. And and the words here that we read are, unless the Lord, unless the Lord is involved in your life, unless the Lord is central to your life and central to your family, then everything that we do beyond this point is in vain. A very important word for us to understand as we think about uh, living our life as, as a family not only our own families, but together as a faith family. And so we hear this, these words just really resonate with me. Uh, three other wor- uh, another word that's used three times is the word vain. And I think it's important that we understand that what it's speaking of here is just the, the, the reality that everything we do, if we haven't allowed God to be central in our life and in our family, is not going to add up to a hill of beans that's literally what it means it's not going to be much of anything of any worth and so we begin to see right off the bat how important it is that that we include God not that we just include God but we allow God to be that glue which binds the family together which we we acknowledge God as as the builder you know it's 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 funny so often we would look at God and we would say, certainly he is the creator of the heavens and earth. But so often we live our life wanting to build our own family and not have him be a part of it. And so here we begin to see these, the power of these words, these, these three words that just really, I don't know about you, but they just really impact life unless the Lord builds it. Unless the Lord watches over it. And so what we see here, is the establishment of the family by God. He says, unless the Lord builds the house. Speaking of the family. You know, in the same way that we would look at the word church and we would say, well, the church isn't a building, it's the people. Here we see this word house, whereas the Solomon, as he's writing these words, uses this analogy of building a home referring to the family we know this because he's going to begin to speak about the blessing of children in just a moment but the question that we might ask ourselves as we look at this text is why is it that Solomon wants to drive this point home I mean I, I, one of the first things I learned in seminary I don't guess you have to go to seminary to learn this but one of the first things I learned in seminary was, was, was if the Bible says it three times it's pretty important and so here we see this word vain used three times. This is something that is that where the Scripture is really trying to get our attention. So why is it that Solomon would want to bring this point home? Why would it be that Solomon would want to let us know and to teach us through his writings about the centrality of God in our family? And the only conclusion I can come to, the only answer that I can come to as I ask myself that question is because we have this irresistible temptation to do it on our own. We have this irresistible temptation to do it on our own. We live our lives as though we're the only ones that could possibly build our family. Oftentimes we we live our life and we just... It's not that we refuse to let God in, we just oftentimes don't consider allowing God. in. And so here Solomon is bringing this this point home. You know, one of the things I love about baby dedication is is just exactly what it is. It's families who come in here together. And they come in here together and they have their babies in their arms and, and, and what they're doing is basically making a commitment, making a promise to live their lives in such a way where they allow God to be central in their life, but also with the great intentionality of one day being able to tell their children about Jesus, to tell their children about the necessity of God in their life. I remember years ago, my grandmother, as we walked out of her her little southern country church, a one-room church, way back in, 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 the, in the late 60s or early 70s whenever it was I remember walking out with her and, and her kneeling down beside me and turning and asking me if I remember or if I understood what the preacher was preaching on that day I couldn't have been but about 6 or 7 years old and immediately I thought I was in trouble because I couldn't tell you one thing he said but she didn't really expect me to because the whole time I was doodling But I remember my grandmother kneeling down beside me because she saw it as this important and she began to share the gospel with me. She began to talk about the importance of Jesus Christ in my life and how uh, I needed to be at a place in my life where I trusted in Him and Him alone. That day radically changed my life forever. That day changed my life forever there's just something about committing to teaching our children about jesus about god you know the most critical factor and this is sort of an impact statement i guess i want to give you here this morning but the most critical factor in building a family is to walk humbly and intentionally before the lord recognizing that this thing can't be built in a strong way this can't be built in a biblical way this can't be built in a godly way unless we allow god to do it and so here we see the passage of scripture teaching us these things and and encouraging us i love how he continues he continues with this unless the lord watches over the city using this analogy of a guard who stands his post over a city unless the unless the lord watches over the city the watchman stays awake in vain. In other words, he says, if God's not in it, whatever you do to protect the family, whatever you do to stand guard over the family, whatever you do to, to protect the family, you do in vain if you're not trusting in the Lord and the thing I love about that is it's really pointing to the sovereignty of God here it's really pointing to the reality that we're not in control anyway it's really pointing to the reality that we are in a place of dependence upon God to look after us and keep us safe and to keep us uh, on the right track and so there's this idea of us depending on God in our life, he's already talked about this this reality that God must build it, but now he's talking about really the sovereignty of God and with us understanding the need to recognize our dependence of him. God is watchful. God cares deeply for you. Let me just say that this morning, and I want you to hear this. God cares deeply for you as a disciple of Christ. Can I just say that? God cares deeply for you. But God cares deeply for your family as well. God cares deeply that you would influence your family. God cares about all of those things. And one of the things I am thankful for as I look back over my life is how God was watching over me and how God was protecting me and how God was just looking after me so many times in my life. So many times in my life. You know, I remember the day that both of my daughters... Turned sixteen. I remember that day. I mean, it's just something that's ingrained in my mind. I remember the day because both of them, even though they were about two years apart, both of them did exactly the same thing when they got their driver's license. You know what it is? They went driving without their parents. I mean, there's just something about turning sixteen. You know, for over a year you've had this learner's permit and you've been driving, and everywhere you're driving, you got your dad sitting there, right? And so these two daughters, both daughters, they did the same thing. They have dad sitting there, and dad's saying, watch out for the red light, it's turning red, and they're like, dad, it's six miles away, okay? Uh, I've got this, you know. You need to turn up here, dad, I know where I'm going. You know, For over a year, there's been that. And then finally the day comes when they have that driver's license, and I'll never forget the day for both of my daughters when they got that and we got home, they were like, get out. You know that they were ready to go on their own you know and, and it's funny because you know uh, you you can't get them to do something for you until you know a run an errand for you or anything until they turn 16 and then that's their excuse you need some milk i'll go get it you know they just want to go they want the freedom of driving away and i'll never forget i'll never forget when rebecca had turned 16 and we were standing out there me marley and and Linnell and we're standing there and Rebecca is getting ready to drive off and I'm like now remember the brake is that that pedal that's the large you know dad I got it I got it and they back out of the driveway and they head down the road and it's in that moment that I realize how dependent I was of God caring for my family if I ever thought I was in control I wasn't in that moment She drove out of sight. And I remember Linnell and I just turned into each other and I said, it's prayer meeting time. (laughs) You know, it's time to pray. It's time to lean on God because, you see, what I needed more from God at that moment in my life was for Him to watch over my family. Something that was totally out of my control. And what I didn't really realize up until that moment is I was never in control to begin with the sovereignty of God in our life, to watch over our families, to know, to help us to understand that He is our ultimate protector. And so I love this. I love the language that is being spoken of here. Here's another impact statement for you if you're writing them down. A strong family can only exist when we acknowledge our dependence on God to sustain us. We are in need of God. How many of you have testified of that this morning? We need God in our life. We need God in our life. We need Him as provider. That's something we think of all the time. We certainly need Him as Savior. That's something we think of all the time. We need Him as the one who is going to sanctify us and grow us. We think of that all the time. But we need Him also to be the one who sustains us, protects us, and watches over us. Now let's look at the expansion of family that's the the first part they're talking about the establishment of family. Let's talk a little bit about the expansion of family. In verses 3 through 5, what we see is we see Solomon who begins to make a transition from from really talking about the centrality of God in family and the establishment of family. He makes this transition where he begins to talk about the blessings of family primarily found in our children primarily found in our children and so here we read these words in verses 3 4 and 5 the word of God says behold children are a heritage from the Lord children are a heritage from the Lord the fruit of the womb a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. You know, what we really begin to see at this point, what we really begin to see at this point is God's perspective of children. We begin to see what God's idea of children is all about. And let me just say this you may be single here today, you may be married and without children, you may be married and, and, and have a lot of children, but the reality is this is that this part of the message is, is very relevant for each and every one of us. And I, I'm sure that you're going to see this as we dive into. This passage, as we go a little bit further in this. This isn't just speaking to parents who have children here. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. This is the first thing that we begin to see about the children that we have among us. And when I say children among us, I'm not just talking about the children that exist in your own family. I'm talking about the children that exist also as a faith family. You know, one of the things that we do in a baby dedication, and you saw this just a few minutes ago, is we have the privilege not only to, to challenge the parents to commit their children to the Lord, but we also turn to our faith family, and we ask our faith family, because this is as, just as important, we ask our faith family to come along beside these parents and help these parents to raise their children. Now, because you committed, you're probably going to get a lot of phone calls this week asking you to change diapers, Okay. I'm kidding. It's not about that. It's about all pointing the way to Jesus. It's all about pointing the way to the Lord. There are a lot of children in this church who aren't my biological children, but I care deeply for them because I understand the responsibility that I have to help you raise them that's what we are doing together we are a faith family and so we love on these children but what we see in scripture as we look into this psalm we begin to see God's perspective of children he says they are a heritage they are a reward and they are a blessing to us as not only a family unit but a faith family so we see this all sort of spelled out as we look at this now because God Because God treasures children, and we would all agree that he treasures children, I believe. Because God treasures children, I think it's important that we understand sort of our role in this process, okay? What are the things that we should practice? One of those things that I believe that we should practice is this. We must tell them what a blessing they are. We must tell them what a blessing they are. Now, let me explain that. What I'm not talking about is is saying this in such a way that it would necessarily uh, act as a a means to raise their self-esteem. That's not what I'm talking about. When we look at this passage, when we look at this scripture, we see that the Word of God says this, that blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. So we are blessed because of our children. And I believe that it is critically important that we share with them, with our children, that we are blessed because of them in other words they are a blessing to us but also go far enough to where we explain what it means to be a blessing they are a gift from God and so ultimately when we begin to share with our children that they are a blessing to us what we are ultimately doing is pointing to God and glorifying God as he gifts us with children and so by, by sharing with them that they are a blessing with us, we have the opportunity to also share this reality that they are a gift to us from God. And this is the very beginning aspects of pointing them to a holy and righteous God who can transform their life forever. You know, my oldest uh, grandchild is three years old, Caroline. Uh, Not three, she's almost three. And uh, she is uh, talking ninety to nothing now. She's finally figured out the art of communication, and so she is just she is uh, she is telling. I mean, she is just talking away. In fact, I saw her this weekend, and I was coming down the steps, and she said to me, "Be careful, Granddad. Like, don't fall." I'm like, boy, you know, that's what we've been telling her for years. Now she's instructing me to be careful. Stairs can be slippery. But anyway, she's she's just this little communication machine. She just she just at it all the time. But one of the things I never miss an opportunity to do, especially when she's in my arms, which is most of the time, because she loves to for me to hold her. But but one of the things I'm constantly telling her is I love you. I tell her, I bet every time, every time I have an opportunity, I don't let it go by without saying 80 times how much I love her. I want her to know that I love her, and I also share with her, you are a blessing to me because I am waiting for the day when she can understand enough that I can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with her, and I pray for the day when she will receive Christ. My other two, they're not talking yet, but they're going to hear it as well. In fact, they're already hearing how much I love them because I tell them every time. I believe that one of the responsibilities we have is to communicate to our children how blessed we are that we have them among us. And so that's one of the things that we see here. The other thing that I believe that is important for us to practice is this, we must raise them according to the gospel and teach them about Jesus. It's so important that when they can begin to understand that we begin to share the gospel with them already in our prayer time. My granddaughter, she says amen. You know, I don't know that she understands what it means, but she knows it comes at the end of a prayer, you know. She also wants to hold hands. You know, she's at that stage where she wants to hold hands. And it's so funny, I find myself peeking every now and then. She's always got that head bowed and those eyes closed. I mean, she, she understands something's going on there. I don't know that she understands the gist of it. But it's important that we, that we raise them according to the gospel and we teach them about Christ. Isaiah fifty four thirteen says this, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Proverbs 22 6 says this train up your child or train up a child in a way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then Ephesians 6.4. There's so many we could look at here today. But Ephesians 6.4, fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. All the teenagers in here just said, yeah, Dad. You know, that's that on that one, you know. But but here we have this uh this mandate from Scripture to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction on the Lord. Let me just say this, this morning. Parents, and I'm speaking specifically to you as parents, your greatest mission field on this earth is your children. Your greatest mission field on this earth is your children. Raise them up so that they would know the ways of the Lord raise them up that they would understand the gospel raise them up in such a way that they would come to know jesus christ as their lord and savior that is your greatest mission field and so we begin to see this all sort of play out let us never forget the foundation we must give them in christ jesus and then finally the third thing that i want to sort of present to you here uh, is this we must prepare today for the day when we will send them out we must prepare today when we will one day send them out let me just tell you this from experience is that that day when they leave the nest it comes a lot faster than you ever expected we have such a small time to make a spiritual impact on our children we have such a small window to make a difference in their life and we don't want to miss that day because there will come a day when they leave the house when they When they fly from the nest, so to speak. And so we need to prepare today for the day when that will take place. Look at verse 4 with me, if you will. I love this. I love this. Verse 4 says this Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. There's something you need to know about uh, arrows in Solomon's day. You see, arrows—they didn't just go down to the sporting goods store and buy a 12-pack of arrows that are straight as an arrow and come with a broad tip, you know, point on there, razor sharp. They just didn't do that back then. They went and they would—they would break off sticks and, and and trees, and they would they would shape an arrow out of that instrument, and I mean, out of that branch or whatever it was that they had. And what we know is that that typically branches don't grow straight, so there was a lot of shaping and carving and molding that was taking place to get that arrow ready for what it was going to be used for it had to be sharpened it had to be placed in a fire it had to be prepared so that a stick could become an arrow and then another purpose of the arrow was that it would be aimed and it would be released. And so here's what we come to understand when we read a verse like verse 4. And we look at this and we go, what in the world would it mean that that children are like arrows in in the hands of a warrior? Exactly what we just said. We must prepare our children. We must mold and shape our children in such a way that they would know Christ so that the day that they leave, they can leave with purpose and understanding of the role that they have, the same as you and I have, to not only be Christ's witness, but to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. There's a great purpose you have and raising your children faith family there's a great purpose that we have in coming along beside other parents and raising children to where they would know the ways of the Lord so if you parents what are you doing today to prepare your children for tomorrow Chuck Swindle said this he said every day of our lives we make deposits into the memory banks of our children you know, I remember I remember a guy named Bobby Welch, a pastor who was serving at the time down in Daytona. He once told the story of, of how he went out and bought this old car, an old Mustang or an old Camaro or something, and he brought it back to the house and he and his son started breaking that thing down in the garage you can imagine how happy mom was right not being able to pull into the garage but they, they started breaking it down and, and, and they started tearing it apart and they were going to rebuild this old car well, well finally mom pulls up and, and she sees what's going on and the, the sons they tell mom you know, hey we went out and we bought this Camaro and we're going to restore this thing and, and so she said what most any mom would say she said Bobby can I see you inside please and so he goes in the house and it's meeting time with the wife and she says what are you doing do you realize how much money that's going to cost and Bobby looked at her and he says you know I haven't thought so much about the money I've thought about the memories we're going to make what are you doing to prepare your children for the rest of their life singles any singles out there you know, as, as we think about this message let us also be reminded of this that we have an obligation as a faith family to pour into one another your day may not be here yet where you have children in your life but you have an opportunity to make a spiritual impact in the lives of others maybe that day will come maybe that day will never come But the reality is we're all a part of a larger family than what we may have ever considered in our life. I love what Tim Keller says. He he, he once wrote this. He says, Spiritual friendship is eagerly helping one another know, serve, love, and resemble God in deeper and deeper ways. We have an opportunity to pour into each other as a faith family let us never forget the challenges that we've been given from god's word i want to i want to sort of close with a, a real quick jet tour through the story of joseph i love the story of joseph you see joseph was the son of jacob He was in fact one of 11 sons he was the 11 I mean excuse me 12 sons he was the 11th son so he was nearly the youngest but one of the things about Joseph that we come to realize as we read his story is the fact that he was favored by his parents his parents favored him and as a result of that they uh, the other brothers they grew to hate him and so one day the brothers and their hatred over Joseph and the fact that they felt like he was sort of the favorite son of the whole bunch, they, they find an opportunity. They seek out to kill him, but then they decide, well, what we'll do is we'll just sell him off to human traffickers. This is a really awesome family, wouldn't you agree? Really awesome family. And so what happens in Joseph's life is he goes from being a favored son to becoming a slave. He was sold into slavery to a man named Potiphar. While he was there, he was living out his days as a slave. Potiphar's wife comes in and makes the moves on Joseph, which he declined. And as a result of that, she accused him, falsely accused him of of making those moves. And so, so he was sent to prison. So here's a guy who was once a favored son, who became a slave only to become an imprisoned slave. He eventually was released from prison and he became a very powerful man second only to Pharaoh and had an opportunity to make a a difference in the world, to make an impact not only in his family's life as his family was restored back to him but in the lives of many. One of the things that's so remarkable about Joseph to me and that story is that every day he lived his life as though God was with him even though it seemed as though God had abandoned him every day he lived his life as though God was with him even though it seemed probably to many that God had abandoned him here was a man who, despite any circumstances that came his way, he continued to live his, God, his life for his God. God was central in his life. And as a result, many people in their world recognize the character of this man. We have an opportunity, faith family, to embrace God as central in our life despite any circumstances that we may find ourselves in, we have an opportunity to live as though God is with us because we know the truth that He is. And as our character is developed, we also have an opportunity to give back to those whom God has entrusted us with, those whom God would say, this is your heritage. This is your reward. This is your blessing to where we could make an impact on their life so that in the days when you and I are long gone they will carry on where they have been aimed and released it is so important that we understand that we are to make God the very core of our lives in just a moment I'm going to pray for us And if you want to speak to one of our pastors or ministers we're down front here for you this morning if you want to come to this altar and if you want to just pray a prayer of thanksgiving if you want to come and pray pray to God just thank him for for who he is thank him for the blessings in your life thank him for leading us and guiding us Maybe you want to come today and pray that He would build your family. That He would establish your family. That He would increase your family. Maybe you want to come today and just give thanks. For whatever reason, we're here to speak with you. And this altar is available for you to pray. If that's how God is moving you this morning.